Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. Welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield. It's a podcast about The Nanny, a hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I'm Shondi Pasquale, and every single week, I have to fight the urge to sing along with that opening theme and go, Miss Fine. But I don't (laughs) because I leave that to my talented (gasps) co-host, Toria Sheffield. That's right. Uh, Wow. What? First, that's the first time you've ever called me talented in seven years. (laughs) It's true. Even when we work together, I never give you a single compliment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, Uh. That's how you learn, Toria. That's how I learned my true worth. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? I'm well, thank you. I, you know, listeners, normally we record bright and early Sunday mornings. We're both huge morning people, as in we're, mm-hmm. we're giants. No, we're both really <laughs> into the morning, but this is a 7 p.m. record after a work day. So I, I probably sound sleepy, but, but I'm not. I'm just, I'm just physically tired. Wow. I, I mean, I was just asking, how are you? Because it occurred to me that we don't really do that part of the show. We never do like a, hey, how you been? Let's catch up on business. We're always like, hi, welcome to the show. Here we go. The nanny. And we go like right through it. Because um, people don't want to know. They, they don't need to know. Don't they don't care. want to know. They're, they're here for the nanny, you know? Yeah, but it's season six. It's the last season. I feel like we should slow it down, you know? Chill out. Uh I uh, I'm in treatment for a yeast infection this week. <laughs> is that okay, the kind okay. of stuff, is that the kind sure. of stuff you want to know? <laughs> if that's what you if that's what's going on in your life, my friend Toria, I'm happy to support you and 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 listen to whatever you need to talk about. Well, I'll um, tell you guys this: they are itchy and uncomfortable. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, you finally asked me how I was, and I had to ruin it. <laughs> no, he didn't ruin it. I listen. I. Show me a, a person who's not have a yeast infection, and I show you a liar. Uh, um, so here's the thing: this episode is season six, episode five, Maggie's boyfriend. It is directed by Peter Mark Jacobson. Yay! And it was written by Rick Shaw, who I, I know, I already looked up four seasons in a row. <laughs> I remember. Um, and here's the thing: when the episode starts. There's a very, very early on mention of Halloween. Mm-hmm. And Toria, I don't know if we've talked about this, but I love a Halloween sitcom episode. I love it more than anything in this world. Mm-hmm. I think we did talk about this. Maybe we did. I love I think, it. I and I was you- so depressed when this episode started because I was like, oh, there's nothing spooky. Like this is, I'm not going to like this. Mm-hmm. And I... By the end of this episode, I got to say this might be one of my favorite in the whole series. I laughed so many times, (laughs) Toria. I laughed. There's so many lines and moments that I I, I don't even know where to start. This was, okay, well, we'll we'll start off by saying that this is the episode where um, we meet Maggie's new boyfriend and she declares that Mm. they're moving in together, Mm -hmm. which causes some real tension between Maxwell and Fran. Uh, yeah. because of their different parenting techniques. And the boyfriend and, is like, uh, uh, I mean, in this time period, right? He would have been like a um, Mark Wahlberg type, right? He's supposed to be mm-hmm. like, he's like, he's like a sexy underwear model. That's, that's what like, that's, that's well, what. We'll get it. Well, we'll get into all of it. We'll get into all of it. But, but I have to agree with you. I, I loved this episode. I laughed 
so loud several times. So loud. And I just it, – it, it, it was one of those things that also was the perfect marriage of, of comedy but, like, character growth and, and playing on – all that we know and love about these characters in a, like an authentic mm-hmm. way. Like they all reacted the way that felt earned. And, but again, we will get into it because yes, this it episode was so, <laughs> it was so good. I this love, was oh like firing on all cylinders. This episode, like truly, um, uh, truly was. Well, we start off, we established that, you know, it's the Halloween season and well, I think it's actually Halloween day. And Mr. Sheffield is not happy with Gracie's Halloween outfit. Preposterous. Yeah, she she's preposterous. She's dressed like Fran, and not even like like bro. Fran has dressed so much more risque, I guess if you want to call it that. This outfit is like it. She's fine. Like I didn't understand this. This I did not get at all. I like I get that he's like a tightwad. But like this, I didn't even understand because it's like, there's not even, he's like, you can't let her leave the house like that. She's literally wearing, she's wearing like black tights, a skirt, uh, like a long sleeve shirt. (laughs) It's because it's it's all very tight and there's a short skirt and he's very displeased. And, you know, Fran's basically like, what's the big deal? Like, you know, she's just dressed like me. And he's like, you know what? And I actually thought. Everything he said was super condescending, but he basically said that, it was awful. Um, you know, he, he reiterates that like, you know, she's the children's mother and her example is going to mean a lot to them and even more than it did before now that she's like legally their guardian. And he even asked her to try to just be like a little more conservative that evening when Maggie's boyfriend comes over. Uh, and I went, why? Oh, and he was like, you know, because, you know, boys his age, like they'll, they'll, take your example and then, you know, make assumptions about it. So is it like, oh, he'll think Maggie's a hoe because Fran's dress hot? Like, it was so rude. Dude. And I... I, My notes are all like, Maxwell's a tightwad. Gracie's outfit isn't even that bad. Why is he so insulting? I hate him so much. (laughs) Well, also because, and the thing is, she doesn't even get upset about it, but it's like, you know who you married and now you're like, ooh, you know, you're actually like, you dress like a hoe and I don't think it's a yeah, good example dude. for my children. And it's like, what? you literally married this woman and now you're just throwing insults at her. It just, it's, again, I thought it was so rude, but she, she wasn't that upset about it. She was like, okay, okay, whatever. We then go to the opening credits. And after that, we come back to Fran in the kitchen with Val and Niles and she's kind of. Well, she didn't really, you know, create a big fuss about it with Maxwell. She's now venting about it to her friends. So she's like, she's like, how could Max not think I'm a good influence on the kids? And then Brighton comes in and he's like, Fran, that girl Kim still won't go out with me. And she's like, well, did you nonchalantly drop your Visa Platinum like I told you? And he goes, uh, no, the regular. And she goes, you don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes up the stairs like stupid. Um, and also, side note. I think Val is becoming noticeably pregnant in real life. Yeah, like I think yes. it's all. She's pulling a CC. Yeah. She was behind a table, but something's different about Val. And I think it's a pregnant belly that they're hiding. Yep. Um, I, I think that would have been so funny though, if they had somehow written that into the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't know who the father is. Um, but so, so that's happening. And then, Maggie comes into the kitchen and she says she's so nervous for her new boyfriend coming over for dinner. <laughs> and then Niles is like, why? Because you need to cook the meal, polish the silver and comb out all the rugs. And she's like, no, you do that. And then he goes, then chill out, girly. And I just wrote, <laughs> Niles is the best. Maggie's annoying. <laughs> He's so sassy. I love him so much. He, he, 
Niles gets like some killer stuff to do in this episode. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, truly killer stuff. Also, Maggie looking more and more like Cece with literally every season. I know. <laughs> I know it's, it's wild. It's wild. She she looks great in that dress that she wears in the in this episode. That pink dress, yeah. she looks beautiful. But man, she looks her face like a- everything. Yeah. Um, well, and, and Cece for for that. While we're on the subject, uh, she looks great. She lost all her baby weight. You're not allowed to say that anymore, Sean. What do you mean? You're not allowed to talk about baby weight anymore. <laughs> no, I said that. No, no. You're not. Um, apparently, is that true? I think now it's like so much pressure to have the pre-baby bod. Like that's not shame women for having the bodies that they just have after they've been through something so um Okay, no, so but tough. I that's fair, but I wasn't saying she should get back to her pre-baby bod. I was like, hey, her body is back. <laughs> no, I agree. And so listen, wouldn't that be like acknowledging, oh, she put the work, you know, she like worked really hard and, and you're just, and, you're just observing. You're not judging. You're just observing. No, yeah, but yeah. I have the same thought. I'm like, wow. Um, yeah. but I'm like, she, I'm like, uh, uh, the watcher from the Marvel universe, you know, you, you just, just watch. I just watch. I'm just an observer. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't get involved. It's There's, not my place. Yeah. You're not passing like value on the no, pre or post baby bod. You just, no, no you no. would never. No, I would never do this. Well, okay. She's still pregnant or not pregnant. She is yeah. one hot lady. And yeah, yeah. And she was she, hot as hell when she was pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Hotter even. Now, yeah. now we're just, now we're just trying to dig ourselves out of the hole. <laughs> um, but so, um, but so Niles burns Maggie by being like, well then chill out because you don't actually have to do anything to prep. And then Maggie's like, you know, Fran, I'm thinking of wearing one of your short skirts to dinner tonight. And Fran towing Mr. Sheffield's line was like, no, no, no. I think you should wear something long and conservative. And I want to be like, no, Fran, no. But so <laughs> then that night, Maggie is really nervous about like how her dad's going to be. It thinks he's going to tell his boring stories and this and that. And then, you know, the doorbell rings, the new boyfriend walks in. He's mm-hmm. super hot. Yeah. He's a very like nineties, that guy. Like he's, he's been yes. in stuff. Uh, you've seen him. If you watched, you know, sitcoms, boy, Have you? world. Oh, I didn't recognize that boy at all. Is he a, a, a boy? I- so he he's definitely like he literally like was in Boy Meets World and was in like one offs all over the place. Wow. Um, so he's a bit of a that guy. And okay. then I'll actually get more into who he is in trivia because there's some fascinating stuff. Ooh. Um, but and this made me laugh. <laughs> Mr. Sheffield's like, you look so familiar. Are you an actor? Have you read for me? And he goes, oh, no, I'm a model. I don't read. <laughs> but also, <laughs> I totally thought that Maggie's new boyfriend was going to be the Jewish pre-med student from a few weeks ago. Yep. I was shocked that they went in a different direction. Like, me why too. Even, why even bring up all the Jewish pre-med student stuff? Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I just spit out my drink. <laughs> <laughs> really, you really got me there. I like, leaned uh, in with a writing explanation. I mean, no, look, maybe, maybe, maybe what happened was they wanted a Jewish pre med student and then they were like two on the nose. So they like swerved and they still kept the Jewish part because they knew like they wanted that. I'm not really sure. 
I well, don't know. We find out that he's not just a model. Yeah. He is an underwear model whose uh, billboard is on is like huge in Times Square, and like that's how they recognize him. So he's like a big deal, does very well. <laughs> and you know that. And then we cut to dinner, and they're asking. Oh, his name is Michael. They're like asking him about himself. Oh my god, Gracie's delivery on. So, Michael, how did you become an underpants model? <laughs> so good. He's clearly smitten as well. Yeah, it was She's great. crushing. And um, he basically – oh, I did notice this. This is very of the time. Fran asks uh, what his father does but not what his mother does. And that's a very, I think, yeah. dated thing to do to be like, so what does your father do? Um, but so – Oh, man, I hope I hope my kids get asked that that way. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah. What does your father do? What do you mean do? <laughs> I mean, like, he makes us like for work. I don't know. He, he works at home, I guess. He makes us snacks. <laughs> he we, packs our lunches. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, where's your mother? What do you mean? She's at work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. uh, so then, oh, but he says his father is a plastic surgeon out on Long Island. <laughs> He's like, I'm basically, I'm basically like a walking example of feminism in action. You're such, you're such an icon. Oh. <laughs> you're such no, a see, hero. As soon as people say stuff like that, that's when they get canceled. So <laughs> I take it back. I'm a real piece of shit. Leave me alone. <laughs> but so, um, but okay. So he says his father's a prominent plastic surgeon on Long Island. And then he's like, he's like, it's sad. You know, it's, mostly just a lot of older ladies trying to reclaim their youth. <laughs> Some of them don't even use their real names. And then Cece walks by and he goes, Mrs. Bouvier? <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, Marge Simpson's last name is, Bo- is uh, mm-hmm. Bouvier. It is. I wonder if this was a nod to that or was this a nod to, because isn't Marge named after a Kennedy uh, maiden name? Isn't that where Bouvier oh, comes Bouvier? from? I, I think it's oh. a Kennedy thing. Yeah. I might be wrong I'm, there. It is. It is. I think it does predate March Simpson. It does. Um, I'm pretty sure it's like a, they named her that uh, uh, as like a nod to Kennedy's. Do you remember when um, Grandpa Simpson wants to marry, I think, Marge's mother? And it's like the graduate. And he's like, Mrs. Bouvier. Mrs. <laughs> Bouvier. Oh, my God. Should we just do a Simpsons <laughs> recap oh show? Oh, God. Uh, I love it. It's just. I, then we'd uh, have to do that. I mean, that's like 46 seasons. We'd, it would be the rest of our lives. And they, they're still making them. Uh, but anyway, so very, very non-related tangent. But so. He goes, Mrs. Bouvier, because he clearly recognizes Cece, who gets plastic surgery and gives a fake name. And she goes, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, obviously, you have me mistaken for someone else, Michael. Damn it. <laughs> like, like, she totally gives herself away by knowing his name. It's great. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Mr. Sheffield, who is clearly not convinced of this Michael boy, he's like, you know, Michael, so do you do you have a backup plan for, you know, when modeling is no longer viable? And Michael then reveals that he earns $800,000 a year, which I Googled it, the equivalent in purchasing power to about $1,400,000, basically a million and a half dollars. And so he's doing quite well. Wow. Uh, And it's revealed that that Michael's Jewish and Fran literally yells, my life is complete. I just, my daughter's marrying a Jewish male model. (laughs) Also, throughout all of this, we get this great, like Niles bit where every time he hears more about this kid's like perfect little life, he like gets more and more 
like depressed and like angry. Like he's like throwing stuff in the kitchen and he's like screaming to himself. And <laughs> and then at one point he comes in and they're like, Niles, are you okay? And he goes, nothing in an additional $780,000 couldn't fix. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's just, this is very painful for him. Uh, and So um, good. But well, so when Fran yells, my life is complete. My daughter's marrying a Jewish male model. Like Mr. Sheffield yeah. literally like chokes on his food almost. And he's like <laughs> marrying. He's like, you know, let's not, let's not rush. <laughs> it would have been really know? funny if they swerved and he's like Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Mr. Sheffield, he literally like, you know, chokes at the word marriage. And he's like, that's, that's not, you know, rush ahead. You know, it's important for young people to pace themselves, especially when they think they're falling in love. So mm. he's very clear to be like, marriage is not on the table. And you guys might think you're crazy for each other, but you know, you're young and you just met. So that's not even necessarily true either. But then Fran, she sort of like pats him on the knee and she's like, yes, yes, of course it's important not to rush into things, but it's also important not to act like you'll live to be 140. So they already are having a little bit of tension in how they feel about this relationship and the pace. And he literally kicks her under the table, not once, but several times. And to the point where she goes, Unless you're expecting candy to start flopping out of my tuchus, stop whacking me under the table. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just, I laughed so hard because so just the wording, it was, she didn't even say, unless you're expecting candy to start like, you know, uh, flowing out of my, like flopping out of my tuchus made me laugh so <laughs> flopping. hard. Flopping out of my tuchus. Yeah. And they then get into like a full on argument in front of yeah. the kids. And he, he, this was so rude. He's like, you know, he, he's like, you know, I, Darling, I think you should be acting more like a mother and less like her sister, mm -hmm. you know, essentially being like you should be like putting some, um, you know, parental pressures yes. Uh, yes. on the situation instead of being so supportive mm -hmm. and being like, awesome, this is so cool. And yeah. she's like, you're being absurd. Like Michael's clearly a nice, hardworking boy. And they and they literally are getting so heated that they leave the table and they go to finish the argument in private upstairs, um, which a that's going to be that's a big move to leave a, a dinner table to keep fighting. But also I thought the actual content of the fight felt very realistic because he's basically like, your problem is you want the kids to like you and being unlikable sometimes is a really big part of being a parent. Um, and he's also sort of like, and you know, and did it ever occur to you that your support, like your constant support could enable her to, to do whatever she wants and then make bad decisions. And she had this like really excellent, lovely sentiment where she goes, no, my support gives her self-confidence and self-esteem, which enables her to make good decisions. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I will have to, you know, you kind of have to give it to Mr. Sheffield here. He kind of looks really torn, but he, well, he knows that. I, I mean, her, her response was like perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because the, the, they do a really good job in this episode. Sometimes I feel like, uh, sometimes I feel like they leave things a little nebulous, you know, or they try to like take both sides of an issue. And this episode, they pretty clearly are like, "Hey, his parenting style here is like outdated and antiquated and wrong," and she does know what she's doing. Yeah, um, and, and right? she she's always been. I mean, that's the thing. She's always had much better instincts than he has. The second she walked into their home, she had better instincts in how to deal with his children than, than he does. Yes, you know? exactly. Um, and he sucks as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> He's ill-equipped. He And we know that. That's why she's such a great nanny. And that's why, you know, it seems like for a while, 
He and Niles were their sole caretakers, so they probably have some drama. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But so, but Maxwell, you know, he knows she has a point and they ultimately make up and <laughs> they make up so much so that they start flirting and she says she's going to go downstairs to get some haagen from the freezer. And he's like, why? And she's like, so I'll have something aware. So I guess implying that she's going to rub ice cream all over her body and he's going to lick it off her. And then I just wrote, isn't the dinner still going on downstairs? <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> but regardless, she leaves the bedroom and she's going to get the ice cream. But then Maggie kind of catches her in the hallway and she's like, Fran, Fran, I just want to say thank you so much for supporting me. You know, I, I appreciate it so much. And she's like, oh, honey, of course. And she's like, and your support means so much to me that I wanted you to be the first to know that Michael and I are moving in together. Which is like, oh, oh, Fran's plan definitely backfired. Yep. So the, the next morning in Mr. Sheffield's office, we find out that Fran did not tell him the big news last night. She allowed him to ravage her <laughs> but but it was actually it was actually the opposite <laughs> because she comes into the office and he's like oh darling i just wanted to say like you were incredible last night you're you were such a generous lover and then she's like yeah i'm trying out this new thing where i make love like every time a bear last because she knows <laughs> that like the news about maggie and her boyfriend's gonna break eventually cc walks in her face is literally half paralyzed. <laughs> She's like, hi, Ramona. <laughs> and, and they're like, uh, uh, Cece, uh, Miss Babcock, something, something seems off with your face. And she goes, oh, yeah, the, I think the plastic surgeon might have just injected the Botox a little off. <laughs> and, and then she goes, maybe he was distracted by the fact that his son is moving in with your daughter. So, uh-oh. Yep. Cece lets the cat out of the bag because she, of course, sees Michael's father. Um, and <laughs> what ensues is an incredibly goofy chase scene. She ultimately escapes by opening the front door and screaming, oh my God, is that K? Oh no, she opens the front door to escape, but he is already there waiting for her because he was like preempted where she was going to run next. And then she points behind him and goes, oh my God, is that K Ballard? And he goes, K? And he turns around and she slams the door and locks it because we had previously established that, um, Mr. Sheffield loves telling his quote Kay Ballard anecdotes. And she yeah. was like a a comedian actress from the 40s. I mean, come on. If you don't know her as the mayor in Baby Geniuses, then I don't know what you're doing with your life. <laughs> I really don't know what you're doing but, with your no, life. Very famous comedian from the 40s. And I just made this note. I went, it really is so shocking that Mr. Sheffield's a straight man sometimes. Like <laughs> the look on his face when he thought well, uh, 
40s icon Kay Ballard was behind him. <laughs> and, you, mean, and- you, mean, you mean Kay Ballard, the voice of Madame Agogo in the <laughs> 1989 Super Mario Brothers Super Show? One episode? <laughs> Stop cherry picking her IMBD. So then we cut to that night. It is Halloween night and Fran is at Sylvia's helping her pass out candy and yet is there too. This scene was so funny. This entire scene from beginning to end, I died. So Give them an Emmy for this scene. Oh my God. So the first thing is the doorbell rings and it's these two little trick-or-treaters and Fran's about to give them, (laughs) like she holds a bowl and she goes, Ma, there's no candy in the bowl. Did you give it all out already? (laughs) Sylvia just goes, uh... Yeah, <laughs> she totally just ate all the candies, and then she's like, "Well, well, okay, Ma, do, do you like how many pennies you can give out at least?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good idea." So she picks up this like little cup of pennies, and she goes and she like puts them in the kids' ba- like little candy baskets and closes the door. And then we we see the kids on the other side of the door, and they look in their baskets, and one of them goes, "Hey." That lady took our candy. <laughs> so pickpocketed candy from children by pretending to give them pennies. Oh, it's so good. And then, and, then, it, and then it just keeps getting funnier. Well, because then Sylvia sits back down and yet it turns around from her scene. She goes, Halloween was always your mother's favorite holiday. She'd start at seven in the morning and even bring extra bags to collect for the underprivileged kids. Remember? And then <laughs> Sylvia like, like looks guilty and she goes, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like she clearly spent all day trick or treating, claiming she was trick or treating for underprivileged children, and then gobbling up all that candy. <laughs> yep. Then Fran ends up telling her, her as in Sylvia, that you know she and Maxwell got into yet another fight, this time over Maggie, and and <laughs> Sylvia goes, "Your problem is you spend too much time with your husband." <laughs> She's like, <laughs> "In the thirty five years I've been married to your father, I've seen him." Maybe six months. <laughs> and then, and then, and then Fran goes, she goes, this is the business was so good. She goes, well, I got to figure out how, I got to figure out a way to stop Maggie and Michael from moving in together. Otherwise, I'm going to be moving back. Oh my God, I keep struggling on my words today. She goes, well, I got to figure out a way to stop Maggie and Michael from moving in together or else I'm going to end up moving back in here with you. And Yeti hears this and she pops up and she goes, Franny, you can't move back in here. Then I'm going to have to be put in a home. (laughs) Sylvia goes, goes, Ma, we put you in a home 10 years ago. And like, Yeti, like, she like processes it. And then she goes, you bastards. (laughs) It's like news to her. And she's so mad about it. It was so funny. It was so funny. And just also, it's so sad, the fear in her. Like, Brandy, you can't move in. Then I'm going to have to move out. (laughs) (laughs) You bastards. I feel like, Sean, you should describe this next part. Because I feel like I bet you this was your favorite part of the whole series. Or do you want me to? Because you're lost. Oh, the guilt part? Yep, yep, yep. I mean, I actually, the you bastards thing, I think is maybe my favorite thing. Oh, um, okay. But, but this, but this, this, this felt, you know, true. <laughs> so, okay. So basically, okay. I'll just, I'll steamroll ahead. So Sylvia then just becomes 
absolutely hysterical. She's like, she's like clutches her chest and she's like, oh, you fighting with your husband. It's giving me heart palpitations. It's killing me. <laughs> and then she like, you know, rolls backwards on the couch. Everybody's like, ma, ma, I didn't mean to upset you so much. Oh, what can I do to make you feel better? And then Sylvia stops dead in her tracks and she goes, learn. And she, <laughs> she goes, the performance you just saw is called guilt. And it's every mother's secret weapon that she uses on her Every daughter. Jewish mother. She goes, every oh. Jewish mother's secret weapon. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah. then she goes, she, then she, she clutches Fran's hands in hers and she goes, <laughs> use it to get the girl back. <laughs> and then Fran goes, Ma, do you think I'm ready to unleash the power? And she goes, darling, embrace it. Use it pass it on <laughs> and then the, the room goes dark except for like a light that shines around them like a halo and like yeah. this very star wars like epic music <laughs> so played funny. And they look up into the heavens and it was just i just love it it was very like save the girl it was with very power with your superpower jewish guilt <laughs> <laughs> so good it was so funny it was so wacky in such a good way or not wacky but like a zany and, and then they pay it off, honestly, that that beat. They pay it off twice with like the – with, you know, your Jewish guilt doesn't work on me. I'm a shiksa, you know? Yes, and like, yes, and, yes. And like uh, you know, like, what's his name goes like, I'm British. Yeah. Well, so because what happens is we then cut to the next scene. Fran goes over to Maggie's new apartment that she shares with Michael. And his place is exquisite because he is a millionaire. <laughs> but so she she initially tries the guilt trick on Maggie and it does not work. She's literally like, she like, you know, is like, well, I guess if I can't convince you, you know, but I just got to say I'm getting heart palpitations. And then, and then for, <laughs> Maggie just goes, Fran, guilt trips don't work on chick says. <laughs> so Fran looks super disappointed and she's just like, well, at least I can tell your father I tried. I, I give you my blessing. Okay. And she starts to head out, but then the doorbell rings and it's, it's Mr. Sheffield who yes. has, come to also plea his case and and you know he's basically like margaret like oh that was a weird way to say it. He, goes, <laughs> <laughs> he goes margaret i will not allow you to do this like you must come home and she's like dad fran gave us her blessing why can't you and then he looks at fran and he's like you did what and then fran tries to fake a heart attack again and he goes it doesn't work on the British. <laughs> and this just, then it just evolves into this really big fight between Fran and Mr. Sheffield because, you know, he's like, you know, I can't believe you came here and you undermined me. And she's like, you undermine me. Like, you don't respect my opinion. You don't respect my parenting. And then, you know, she's like, you know, maybe if we don't agree on this, I'm just going to have to take a little bit of break from this marriage. And he's Ooh. like, well, maybe you should. Like, because I was about to say the exact same thing. Maggie is watching this unfold and she starts to feel so bad that like she is causing this much strife between them that she's like, okay, she's like, I, I didn't mean to cause this much trouble. I, I didn't mean to hurt anyone. I, you know what? I'm, I'm coming back home. I'm just coming back home. She literally picks up her suitcase, which she has not even unpacked. And even Michael, who seems like a nice guy, he also feels really bad. They both pick up her stuff and they're like, we're just taking it back to the house. So they, they leave, they close the door, they leave Fran and Mr. Sheffield alone, at which point, we find out it was all an act and they were in on it together and they were both guilting them. <laughs> and I, that point I gotta say, I really loved seeing them co-parent like this. It was like 
genuinely enjoyable to watch them like be like that worked that was great i yeah, was like oh give me more of this like yeah, they, they were both like i can't believe that worked at which point the door flings open niles is there holding <laughs> x-rays and he goes sir the results are back you only have four months to live and they're like don't worry niles plan a worked <laughs> just the idea that all three of them had been so they all are so wrapped into fran sylvia and like the fines yeah. general orbit that this is now how they're parenting also super toxic to make your children yeah, think you're gonna break awful. up <laughs> it's awful and then but then we get also niles like takes like a double take and goes like is this his apartment? And they go like, yeah. And then Niles just goes, <laughs> he just starts crying. Into his head. I know, I know. And then the button on this, so funny. So it, funny. So literally, uh, so Sylvia is sitting in the kitchen of the mansion with Gracie and she's going through Gracie's big bucket of Halloween candy. And she's like, mm, no, see, well, you can't have anything that's open. And then she <laughs> opens a bar that was previously unopened and she goes see no this won't do and she goes and, and you can't eat anything that's loose and then she also opens m and goes mm, no good and she goes you know what it's all unsafe and she picks up the pail and she heads towards the door and gracie's like you're gonna throw out the whole pail <laughs> and sylvia kind of pauses and she goes uh yeah. <laughs> she just literally sold candy from a child. 10 out of 10. Everything's better in threes. Oh. The, the, the Sylvia's flawless, oh uh, yeah, delivery. It's the exact same every time. Oh my it's gosh. Such a good performance. This was, it was great. I love this episode. There's so many funny things. She's just so sheepish. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We're good. And, and that was the episode. We loved it. Loved it. Loved ten it. Um, 10 out of 10. And so if there's not anything else to discuss about that, should we move into our segments and we I get to hear the new We segment? should. And to celebrate our girl Maggie's new Jewish boyfriend... And now, segments. Are we ready for segments? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, segments? All right, so segment time. Segments. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Have we officially become the most Jewish podcast on the internet? <laughs> well, now, as of that, <laughs> I got to tell you, it's in my blood, Toria. That music makes me so, it fills me with so much joy. It just, it just, I can't get over how much, how different our dialogue sounds based on what the background music is. I know. I just, it's not, I, I keep being like, did you pull different clips? Different clips. Said, no, I didn't pull different clips. It's well, I clips. loved it. It was, it was fantastic. Thank I was you. doing, I, you know, I wanted to sort of get up out of my seat, move around. Yep, I did. I did a little dance. Oh, and then, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. okay. So. I, I had Elizabeth come in here and lift my chair. <laughs> <laughs> She's just. <laughs> long summer. every time every time that music plays she she like rushes in and has to like lift me up like i'm at a jewish wedding and i go like hey <laughs> don't drop me don't drop me oh, oh. <laughs> I, 
little more stability, please. Um, okay, okay. So favorite lines and moments. I love everything. It. I would like to submit this entire script for an Emmy Award. Yes, a, a posthumous Emmy Award. No, yes. I agree. I agree. Yes, the this show was, is dead. <laughs> so no, this is so funny. I just, I, I don't, and I don't think this one was nominated, but should have been. But so I love Mr. Sheffield insisting that quote his K Ballard stories always kill. <laughs> um, I love CC. Uh, uh, telling, saying, obviously you're mistaking you're mistaking me for someone else, Michael. <laughs> but, um, the unless you're expecting candy to start flopping out of my tuchus line. So good. Um, the you bastards. Yes, you bastards is one of mine. Also, nothing an additional seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars couldn't fix. It's such yep. a good line. So um, the, and the the speech about guilt, the power. Oh yeah, and that the whole responsibility scene. of Jewish guilt. So good. Save the girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, and the button is. Well, I mean, Sylvia's line delivery on just like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. ten out of ten. This was a great episode. I, I um, really. Loved it. Yiddish, we got Nakas, which yes. is a, a sense of pride, especially in one's children. As defined in the episode. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. It was defined in the episode. I love when that happens. Me too. Um, Shiksa, you know, yes. a non Jewish girl that lures a Jewish boy. Yeah. So then for Nanny Trivia, hear this, hear about this. <laughs> You have to. <laughs> hear about, right now. now hear this. Now hear this. <laughs> now hear this. X-Tree, X-Tree. Read all about it. <laughs> so Nanny trivia coming in. And a newspaper <laughs> <spin>. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Well, time in the Pacific. Well, okay. This is about Andrew Levitas, who is the actor who played Michael. Oh, okay. And... So you see this episode, you just think, oh, some like 90s pretty boy who probably wanted to act in movies and then, you know, nothing nothing ever happened. happened. Who knows whatever. Okay, listen to this. The New York Times declared Andrew Levitas has, quote, the Midas touch when describing his continued work across multiple creative platforms. This is also from his art, art, uh, a website about him. A mainstay on the New York and European art scene for over two decades, Levitas metalwork installations are widely regarded as a breakthrough in connecting photography, sculpture, and contemporary art. His organic abstractions, paintings built from homemade pigments and organic material, in some cases entire trees, have also received critical acclaim. Levitas is one of only a handful of American artists ever accepted to show with the prestigious Societe Nationale Debut Arts held at the Louvre. Select ex- exhibitions include Metalwork Photography, a survey, which was the first ever, ever single artist exhibition at Philip Berkeley Square in London, Levitas, an early retrospective at New York University, and Metalwork Photography sculptures at Phillips de Proof in Manhattan. Uh, recent acquisitions include the National Museum in Wales, as well as 10 Downing Street, which I believe isn't 10 Downing Street where the Prime Minister of England That's lives? That's where Sherlock Holmes lives, no? <laughs> no, no, I think 10, isn't 10 Isn't Downing- that where Peter Pan visited? <laughs> <laughs> no, 10 Downing Street is, I'm pretty sure that's the- Tony Blair's address. Um, 10 Downing uh, Street. I mean, look, they, this is all, I yeah, mean, it's the Prime cool, Minister. I guess. I mean, look. So, so then, wait, I'm not. Saying, he also is a is, scam, but I mean, he well, he also he is a professor at New York University, mm. and he maintains studios in New York and London. I just think it's so. <gasps> wow. and, and the thing That's is, cool. though, if you go look at his sculptures, 
they're really cool. So I, but how is he the Midas touch across entertainment? Well, no, no, because it's it's about not it's about photography, sculpting, and painting. So oh, I mean, all right, yeah, cool. Uh, king of the king of the, the castle over there. <laughs> so many people who appreciate <laughs> art are mad at me. Have just realized how stupid Sean is sometimes. No, <laughs> uh, you uh, just created enemies. I know. Uh, no, look, this is great. I mean, that's really cool. It's cool to know that. Um, not every like, oh, what happened to that guy? Did he fail? It's like, no, that guy actually was like super, super successful. Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> acting was just the thing he was maybe least talented at among the many things he's talented at. I mean, he was pretty good at this. That's so true. it's like maybe it's not even talent. Maybe it's just like, you know, acting is like a much harder gamble to get into and and maybe that there wasn't even like his true passion, you know? I just think it's cool. I just think it's cool. Like I metal. just, you just, you never would have expected it of this guy. It would be fun if you were, if you did this kind of art and you could tell people like, oh, I'm super into metal. And then when they assume <laughs> you mean heavy metal music, you go, oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I mean metal sculpture. And then they're like, what? <laughs> I'm into heavy metal, yeah. heavy metal sculpture. Well, the thing, the thing about his sculptures that look cool, is, it, it doesn't sound cool, but it looks cool. So, he make, he gets metal and he makes it look like crumpled pieces of notebook paper, but they're really colorful and pretty. Wow. You know, Sean, just go to hell. <laughs> and that's in the Louvre? <laughs> Sean, Sean, you are a minkin poop. I mean, look, I, I don't... Sure, sure. I, I, I think that the... I think there's value in art, obviously, and I love fine art, but I think modern art is uh, hit or miss for me. Can and I, I think I'm, I'm going to send you. Yeah. Looks like <laughs> I'm going to send you Basquiat. <laughs> Just oh, you're sending, you're sending me this guy's stuff. Let's see. I'll look That's at cool. it right now. Live. This is probably very interesting for the listener. I am opening <laughs> a website and I am looking. Okay. I will describe what I'm seeing on the right side of the screen. There is like a little marble, like no scroll down. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, Okay, so two flat egg-shaped pink things are interconnected by a third flat egg-shaped pink thing. It's so pretty. Art. The the crumpled paper is kind of cool. What about the paper airplanes made out of metal? Yeah. And they're writing on it? Yeah, it's that, really that's cool. That's got to be hard to make. Yeah, probably. I wonder if you could use those as a weapon. Oh my god! Oh my god! What, what if you you just you, oh my god! Like instead of throwing stars, you have paper airplanes. Yeah, but they're made out of steel. <laughs> and then hold on, you go to all the way to the bottom. Look at those skull things. I like that one of these pictures. It's literally just the swing set. <laughs> it's just the swing set, and it's yeah, like it's okay. What? Why does this guy's swing set go in the Louvre, but every swing set manufacturer in the <laughs> planet isn't in the like? What is this? Okay, that I will give you. It's a will, seesaw, but I like them. the I like the other stuff. But I do. Oh, agree. I get it. The seesaw has the American flag painted on it. Okay, you are cutting you off. <laughs> but anyway, so that's Andrew Levitas. Interesting information. <laughs> Classic for the seesaw. <laughs> okay, okay. So then let's move on. The Fran or the CC or the whoever. Who yes. do you relate to? Uh, Niles. Oh, that's Niles. 
the um, pain of seeing someone younger than you have so much more success than you is very real. And I feel it all the time. But now I'm the Niles to you now that you get to be a stay at home wife. I know. Listen, which just proves the point that the grass is always greener on the other side, you know, but I don't, it's not always greener because you don't want my life. (laughs) No, but I want someone else's, you know? So it's always, there's always, uh, someone's always looking over another fence. But no one's looking over this, my fence. No, one wants. no, no no one wants your dusty (laughs) old yard. (laughs) I just don't want to work anymore. I'm tired. Um, Nothing could grow there. (laughs) It's arid. Hey, as we established earlier, yeast is growing. Oh, no. (laughs) This is both our longest and worst episode. (laughs) About the best episode of the show. You know why? I think we've established we're morning people. We're morning people. We can't do this at night. What is wrong with us? Oh, we're just, we're zesty in the morning and we're dusty at night. Okay. So I related to, I said, well, I think I, I probably related to Mr. Sheffield in that. Unfortunately, I think I, I would probably tend to be more restrictive in my parenting in thinking mm-hmm. I was doing the good thing. Please, ladies and gentlemen, support the show by rating and reviewing it. Go wherever podcasts are sold or given away for free and leave a little, little review ski for us. Because it helps us. It helps us so much and it makes us feel good inside. And we would really appreciate it if you would do it. Also, we made fun t-shirts. They say Big Babcock Energy on them. And they got a picture of Cece. And we're going to donate all the proceeds to the uh, Entertainment Community Fund uh, Mm -hmm. to support striking WGA and SAG AFTRA members and also uh, their um, uh, support staffs. Um, and you can find us on the internet at Oh Mr. Chef Pod. Oh, also we're on Redbubble at Oh Mr. Chef Yes. And it's linked <laughs> in our link tree on our Instagram. And also we don't, you know, if, if the, um, big Babcock energy is not for you or doesn't necessarily feel appropriate to wear around. Um, there's also just our logo on stuff now, which is yep. really fun. Uh, I actually just got myself a hat. I cannot wait to wear it around. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, maybe we learned our lesson and we won't do any more evening records because we're loopy and tired, but I hope you had fun and we're going to see you or you're going to hear us next week. Yeah. We'll be back with another episode. And on that note, let's do a chairlift, Elizabeth. (laughs) And now segments. Are we ready for segment? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, all right, so it's segment time. Segments. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. 